Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. To sign Mike Lennon. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you like about Mike, and what does does that make a statement about Teddy Bridgewater's availability? Um. Well, it, it was just his first name. I th- thought there was some something good there, and it, and it, it reminded me a lot of myself and and um, his physical um, appearance. I can't really forecast um, Teddy's availability. So as a result, we, you know, Chris and I thought that this was the best uh, course. Um, I, I I know what I do know is Teddy is um, nothing's more important to him right now than um, making himself available for the team. Um, right now, he uh, will be doing some um, ball handling um, things, but he can't throw a football yet. So it's tough to know anything until you can throw a football. Mike McDaniel talking about the decision to bring in another Mike, Mike Glennon. That was funny. It looks like Glennon (laughs) will be in position to be the backup to Skylar Thompson and uh, Tua Tonga Valoa already not playing. We know that. Mike McDaniel said that earlier in the week. Teddy Bridgewater, I was told on Sunday there's a fracture in that finger. Now, the dislocation in and of itself isn't the problem. You dislocate it, it pops back. It's the damage that happens in the process of the pinky dislocating and relocating and swelling, damage, etc. If you can't grip a football, you can't throw a football, you can't play quarterback in the NFL, so they're making their contingency plan, which would be Skylar Thompson 1, Mike Glennon 2, on Sunday against the Jets, Chris. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it, it seems unlikely that we're going to see Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, just it's a, it's not a good sign that you can't throw the football. And then it just if you can't throw the football on a Wednesday, okay, on a Friday, well, maybe you can throw it, but are you going to be able to throw it to, you know, the ability or, or to the, the standard that's, that it takes to, to get it done in an NFL football game? I mean, that, that's where I question that for sure. 
You know, he, he does wear gloves, so I would think that would help him with his grip a little bit. But yeah, I mean, hey, dislocation's one thing. I, mean, I I played with a dislocated ring finger throwing the football a bunch. Anybody that knows me, it it, it can pop out easily to this day, so it, it can be tough. Um, certainly, you know, but 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 like fracture is a different thing. Fracture is different than dislocation. Dislocation is like, oh, wait, it's really uncomfortable, blah, blah, blah. And, yeah, it might feel a little loose. Fracture is just like, yeah, I, I don't have the same even power or strength, and it, it really hurts. And that, that's where, yeah, they'll have to gauge that. But you know, I, I would expect we're going to see Skylar Thompson. Yeah, and the Dolphins still in the mix for a playoff spot in the AFC hoping the Patriots lose, trying to beat the Jets, and there's still a chance that the Dolphins can get in. Yeah. Uh, and then maybe Tua Tonga-Vailoa can come back and play. The reports over the weekend were that he's hoping to be able to play in the postseason if the Dolphins qualify. And we've we've seen this the past three years. They they get to the right side of 500. They get within the vicinity of 10 or more wins, but they've yet to get back to the playoffs, and they still have hope that, that they can get there this year. But if they get there, it's going to be Skylar Thompson – backed up by Mike Glennon playing quarterback, which is going to make it harder for the Dolphins to win. Although they loved what Skylar Thompson did in the preseason. Exactly. He was one of the, the storylines of the league, Chris. Right, right. He, he, he fits their offense and what they want to do. And, you know, he got a little unlucky with that interception last week there. It wasn't a great throw, but that's one where, hey, in the wide receiver room, they're telling, hey, Tyreek, you know, you could bring that in. Certainly don't want to pop the ball in the air. Uh, he's a pretty – he's a good athlete, so he can run. And, you know, the, 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 the matchup they had against the Jets earlier this year, he played, of course, and that score's misleading. It just, it, it is. I watched it back the other day. I mean, that game was 19-17 with 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter, right? The Jets put together a drive, and then the Dolphins had some turnovers, and it kind of just kind of fell apart on them. But I don't, like, look at this and go, oh, man, Skylar Thompson's playing. There's no chance Miami can win this game. No, with the Jets' offense the way they are, and they're worse now than they were in the first matchup, the the Miami defense can keep them in it, and we've seen McDaniel. He can be creative, and he'll find ways to to help out Skylar Thompson, especially with a full week of preparation. So I wouldn't count Miami out just because of this. You know, I experienced when they started running those highlights what I assume others out there watching the show experienced you see that and you think that was just four days ago that wasn't just four days ago was that only four days ago it was only four days ago yeah it is crazy that that right game was played yeah. between the Dolphins and the Patriots uh Lamar Jackson Oof. with a knee injury that has kept him out of action since December 4 it happened in a game against the Broncos Tyler Huntley came in saved the day and got the win for Baltimore still no practice for Lamar Jackson he has not practiced since then and remember when it happened John Harbaugh, the coach of the Ravens, said that they believed it wasn't a season-ending injury for Lamar Jackson. And there's been continued reporting and chatter that the Ravens expect him to come back. I was told that in advance of the Steelers-Ravens game that was played on NBC on Sunday night just four days ago, that it was just around 50-50 he'd be able to play. He hasn't practiced since then. You know, Chris, there's a point. And I don't think the Ravens are going to say this. Right. Not going to accuse him of it. But it's the smart thing. You're you're pulling the train into the station on your rookie contract. You've yet to sign an extension. The franchise tag dance is coming. Why do you want to put yourself at risk if you are anything less than 100%? And even if you are 100%, why do you want to put yourself at risk 
without the financial security that the Ravens could give you at any given moment. They could sign into a contract at any time. The problem is they don't want to give him the contract that he wants. Yeah, I, I, listen, that, that's certainly you know something that's in my mind, and he does have to protect himself there. I don't think like, I you know, one, I don't think it's in Lamar. Like if he was like 95% or above, I think he would play. I think he loves the game too much. I do think, you know, him coming back and playing and winning a playoff game or doing anything like that would help his contract status. I don't know. Like the injury here, you know, it, it, it doesn't help his case in my opinion. We know the Ravens are better with him. We get that. We see the value. We get that. But it's also, you know, hey, it's two years in a row. We can't play football in the month of December. And you run and play a physical game here. And that's going to make people worry about how long of a commitment you should make to Lamar Jackson. I was told by somebody in the know that, that you know, last week the knee was still extremely swollen. That it, it just, the, you know, I think the 50-50 thing was a little bit of you know, very, very hopeful uh, talk there as far as maybe he could play but you know it, it, that's what I've been led to believe and that it you know he wasn't really close last week so we'll see where this goes but I think between you know what you're talking about and what I've heard as far as the status of the knee you know those are two things that you know you can you can think about that could you know derail him getting back on the field too soon here and uh, Tyler Huntley still gets it done for the Ravens. He, he plays well enough. He's not Lamar Jackson, but they're happy with him. He was limited in practice on Wednesday as the Ravens get Jeez. ready to take on the Bengals. And the Ravens are the Ravens are one of the teams. You know, we talked about the teams earlier. Yeah, that, they're getting screwed, that, too. Uh, they, 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 they could have won the division, and now they can't, even if they complete the sweep of the Cincinnati Bengals. So, uh, and again, no complaints from the Ravens. No one's going to complain about this. Fans will complain about it. I've already seen the complaints on social media, and fans are just kind of venting their frustration. I get it, but the teams are not going to complain about whatever the league decides to do uh, in the aftermath of the Bills, Bengals, and DeMar Hamlin situation. The Washington Commanders, there was a report yesterday morning from ESPN that Taylor Heineke was going to start the regular season finale. That pivoted to Sam Howell. Why not see what Sam Howell can do? Why not? Why not? Right. You're, you're eliminated. You're eliminated. It's done. It's over. You've got a rookie that created some excitement in training camp. Let's get him through the process of preparing to play. Let's see what he can do because if he shows us enough, we don't need to jump onto the quarterback carousel. We don't need to try to sign Derek Carr. We don't need to try to trade for anybody. We don't need to do anything other than maybe continue to develop and groom Sam Howell because maybe we got something here. I, I think that's right. You know, and you know, it's it's one like we know what they got is not the future, right? So that that's when I heard Taylor Heineke yesterday. I was a little like, all right, yeah, whatever. But I I thought about Sam Howell right away because I know there was some talk about he might play even if Heineke started or whatever. And I just was going, well, why why wouldn't you just start Sam Howell? Like you know, Heineke's not going to be your starting quarterback next year. Carson Wentz is not going to be either. You know, it's probably still unlikely that Sam Howell will be even that guy. But nonetheless, to your point, you're right. You try it out. You see. I would think they'd have a pretty good feel whether he played or didn't play if they felt like he was the future here. But maybe, you know, again, this maybe if they felt like, ooh, maybe he could be the guy of the future, he goes out and plays awesome like you're talking about, and he does make them, you know, not not throw the checkbook out to some quarterback this offseason. It'll be interesting to see where it goes, but I, I agree with that decision. I, I didn't understand the Heineke start thing anyways. And think about this, Chris, with the 
the potential sale of the team pending and offers already made and the process playing out, why would Dan Snyder authorize spending a ton of money on a quarterback in free agency if he's not going to own the team when the season starts? Why do you want to incur that expense? And I know grand scheme of things, it's not much if you're getting $7 billion plus for the team, but that's just another reason to do it. And also generally, I feel like the pendulum is swinging against paying quarterbacks a huge amount of money because we have multiple cautionary tales on these major contracts in recent years, starting with Jared Goff, but continuing with others, Derek Carr, Kyler Murray, maybe Deshaun Watson, who knows? He's shown some signs recently that maybe he'll become what the Browns had hoped for. And you can build a team. You can use those resources at other positions. And if you have a quarterback, especially on a rookie contract who's good enough to get it done, you put yourself in a better position to be competitive. So you at least gather the information, you see what he can do, and you make a smart decision about the future. But one of the factors is the team's for sale. I don't envision a gigantic splash in free agency for Dan Snyder as he's on his way to cash out and move on. One more quarterback before we move on. Justin Fields, Bears quarterback, with a hip injury, is out for Sunday. Nathan Peterman is in. He finishes... Fields does 64 yards shy of setting the single season quarterback rushing record that was set by Lamar Jackson in 2019 with 1,206. Look, they said last week they were going to let Justin Fields finish the year. They weren't going to put any restrictions on him. They felt it was important for him to get live reps, and maybe he is truly injured. But bottom line is, Chris, what are the Bears really playing for here? They're three and thirteen. This is how you tank without getting yourself in trouble. This is the very soft, subtle, the win means nothing to us. The loss improves our draft position. What are we doing here? And on top of it, why put Justin Fields at risk of any type of injury? Even if he's completely healthy, he could still get injured. And if he's impaired at all, what's the point? There's no benefit here. There's no positive here. And, you know, Texans fans are like, uh, uh, they're tanking. Colts fans, uh, uh, they're tanking. Well, this is the right way to do it. This is the smart way to do it. You never say it. First rule of tank club is don't talk about tank club. And if you do happen to talk about tank club, just say you were joking. The NFL will give you a pass. Because I don't think the NFL wants to find that anyone was tanking because it undermines the integrity of the entire league if they find that someone was. So there may be an element of that to it, but it happens every year. And, uh... I won't be surprised if other teams make strategic decisions about not playing their best players in week 18 with an eye toward recognizing who cares if we lose, if we win, or who cares if we lose because we win as it relates to where we draft in 2023. Yeah, I, I think so. I think this one's, you know, it's more about protecting the best asset on your franchise more than anything. He just, it's too many hits. He's been beat up too much. He was hit way too much last week. To where it is, yes, you can get the rushing record next year. And, yeah, they, they, this has all been, been about planning for next year. Right? All the moves they've made. Tanking, whatever you want to call it. You know, I don't know. Tell the Eagles about it, though. Were they tanking two weeks ago when they were having to sweat it out against the Bears and all that? But, yeah, it's the point of the year here where it's the last game. Wait, what are we really fighting for? And, yes, when you talk about the draft position, I'm, I'm sure that makes, you know, added adds extra incentive. Right now, right, they're the, what, they're the second pick of the draft, right? 
And if they won the game by some stretch of the imagination on Sunday, then it, then they could end up being maybe the fourth or fifth pick of the draft, depending on how things shake out. Um, but I, I think the number one thing is the health of your superstar quarterback who proved to us this year that, yeah, okay, wait, we know there's some more work to be done and throwing and pocket and all that, but, damn, there's some things that he can do at an elite level that you can build around. And that, I think, is the number one thing that, that, that's at play here. It's just the protection of, of that freak of nature, that star who's going to break the rushing record next year anyways. <laughs> by the way, by the way, uh, another Bears note, very important Bears yeah. note. Virginia McCaskey, the daughter of George Hallis, turns 100. Wow. That's impressive. Unbelievable. That- Longevity. Happy birthday, Virginia McCaskey. Man, that is that that really is hundred years old. That that's uh, a milestone I know I'll never see. So congratulations to her. That's for sure. She's seen some football in her day. That's for that's for sure as well. Man, she's got a she's got a great gauge of the game and where it's gone. Well, that's right. And just to think, I mean, the daughter of one of the founding figures of the entire sport of football, still going strong and still running the Chicago Bears. Let's go ahead and take a break. When we return, does Devontae Adams want to continue to be a member of the Las Vegas Raiders if his good friend and college teammate Derek Carr is not there? Something that Adams addressed yesterday. We'll let you hear what he had to say next here on PFT Live. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Devontae, you came here, you took less money, you could have got more from Green Bay, this is a team you grew up loving. I know this team in the offseason will make decisions that you don't have a say in, but if they get you a quarterback that you know can get you the ball, do you want to come back and be a Raider again next year? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I said, I, I came here, you know, I wouldn't have been here or ended up here um, originally probably, you know, if Derek wasn't here, but doesn't necessarily mean that I won't be here, you know, in, in the event that he's not here. Um, he's my, that's, that's my boy. Obviously, I got his back or anything. I think I've made that more than clear at this point, and, and I support him and support everything that he has, um, you know, moving forward as well. But, um, you know, my, my dream was to play for this team before he was a Raider, obviously. And at this point, I want to, you know, obviously try to make this thing work and, and, and continue on doing what I'm doing here and 
um, you know, myself get better and obviously see the team grow and get better as well. Devontae Adams from yesterday speaking with reporters. He also said he wants to have input on who the next quarterback's yeah, going to be. Now, that. if Josh McDaniels is straight from the mold of Bill Belichick, the reaction's going to be, it's none of your concern. That's not your job. Do your job. So there's still the possibility this goes sideways. If he's not happy with the response that he gets to that that stated preference to have input in who the quarterback's going to be, or if he's not happy with who the quarterback ultimately is, that could be a potential problem for Devontae Adams and the Raiders. But there's a lot of guaranteed money in that deal that runs through next year. Hard to walk away from that. And you don't have a whole lot of options to sign the contract. And these guys are adults. They know that there's yeah. a chance the guy you're coming to work with isn't going to be there. That's right. For some reason after this season. Derek Carr didn't have a contract extension when Devontae Adams was traded to the Raiders from the Packers. So there was a chance they didn't work that out. So there's a lot of potential issues there and teammates come and go players change and Devontae Adams. If he, you know, I mean, he's, I don't, he's, he doesn't have many options. It's either play for the Raiders or play for no one, unless you can go to the Raiders and say, I want you to trade me. They can always say no, just because the Packers said yes. Doesn't mean the Raiders would say yes. If that's what he decides he wants. No, I, I agreed. And, and one, I mean, you know, yes, we know Derek Carr was a big reason he was there, but he discussed, he wanted to be out in the West coast, right? We hit on this a little last week. His grandmother had never seen him play. She's, you know, in California. So that makes things very easy now. Right. There, there was more to it than just the Derek Carr. Also, I just think that, you know, one, I, I would bet McDaniels, Dave Ziegler, GM, that they're going to converse with Devontae Adams. They, they one, know how important he is to their own football team and what they want to do in the McDaniel offense. That's why they were willing to pay him and trade him because they value that kind of receiver, the route runner, the technician that way. So they understand the value there. And as I said last week when this move was made, I don't think they make this move unless they knew Devontae Adams was on board with it. You know, Devontae Adams is going to say all the right things. But like, like I discussed last week, I, I bet you there was a number of games where, you know, you said, what was the comment last week? He probably went home and went, man, I, you know, they, they cut my friend, grandma, or family and all that. But I was like, hey, well, there's probably some games he went home and went, man, my friend didn't throw me the ball and I was open a lot today, right? So uh, I would think McDaniels, being as smart as he is, you know, made a few mistakes his first time around, maybe with a superstar receiver and Brandon Marshall. He knows how delicate the situation. He's not exactly like Bill Belichick. He is, you know, like him to a degree, I understand that. But I would think that he had the backing of Devontae, and I would hope that they have a little conversation with him to let him know what's going on and the quarterback thing and all of that. But, yeah, ultimately they decided Derek Carr wasn't the guy for their future. And – you know, it, it was shocking in how it went down, but I don't think it's shocking as a whole that he's not the guy of the future. I don't think we should be surprised with that by, you know, Derek Carr's career and what that's happened, what happened this year, and where Josh McDaniels and, you know, they came from in New England and the guy they had the quarterback and what they're used to. I don't think it's shocking when you put all that together. Chris, I mentioned the financial angle here as it relates to Devontae Adams. There's a team issue that needs to be addressed as well. Yeah. We've talked about the decision to put Derek Carr in bubble wrap because he's got a contract that has $40.4 million in injury guarantees that become full guarantees 
the third day of the 2023 waiver period. The first day of the waiver period happens right after the Super Bowl. So if he can't pass a physical before that money goes from injury guarantee to full guarantee, he gets the money. It's fully guaranteed. So you can't get him injured now with a short fuse on whether or not he's going to be healthy enough for the Raiders to cut him. That's why he's not playing. I say that because in March of 2023, under the contract that the Raiders gave to Devontae Adams, $42.92 million becomes fully guaranteed. His salary for this year, a roster bonus for this year, and his 2024 salary of $16.8 million. A total of $42.92 million becomes fully guaranteed in March of 2023. So they may decide they want to trade him. They may decide they want to move on. They may decide they don't want to make that commitment to him, especially if they're not going to have a quarterback that they think is going to give them the ball as much as they want. Now, the market has changed. It's, it's, you could argue $42.92 million fully guaranteed that's paid out over two years is a pretty good deal. Yeah. Um, but, but that's part of the analysis the Raiders are going to have to engage in is they kind of reshape this team moving into year two of Dave Ziegler as GM and Josh McDaniels as the head coach. Yeah, yeah they definitely got to figure that out. But, but, you know, to everything you're saying, uh, listen, I think they're totally sold on Devontae Adams. And I think, I think the reason Derek Carr is not there is, is because they didn't, he didn't take advantage of Devontae Adams as much as they would have liked him to. I, I think that, that's, that's one of the issues of where – you know, they were at or, you know, Derek Carr, that relationship was at. So I would just be shocked if they, you know, didn't continue this relationship. He, he's he's they, they got a something here where, like we talked about before the year, this this could be a rare combination when you talk about, you know, Darren Waller coupled with Devontae Adams. We're seeing here. We've seen some really some pretty good offensive showings with both of them on the field. They can be dangerous, and I would think that combination right there is 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 one of the reasons McDaniel loved the Raider job and maybe wanted to take it in general. Uh, so uh, I think they're going to continue to formulate around that that tandem right there. And now they just got to get the quarterback that they believe will feed those guys uh, as much as they believe they should be fed on a, on a game to game basis. And the bottom line is this. If you're going to keep him for one year, you're keeping Devontae Adams for two years. So if you're going to pair him up with a great quarterback, it better be a two-year plan, which could maybe take Tom Brady off the table, potentially, if they're thinking about keeping Devontae Adams. Or they would just say, we'll find another quarterback in 2024. We'll still have Devontae Adams, who will still be one of the best receivers in the NFL. But the bottom line is, he's not demanding to be included in a Derek Carr trade package. And again, I think it's going to be very difficult to trade Derek Carr, if not impossible. That's right. He's not asking to be released or traded or whatever. Derek Carr gone. Doesn't matter. Devontae Adams will still be staying with the Raiders. But but he does want input in who the next quarterback is going to be, which could be a little bit of a pressure point. Let's go ahead and take a break. When we return, there's been reporting that Zach Wilson will be out with the New York Jets after the season. Robert Sala, the coach of the team, pushing back on it with some very strong comments in support of his second-year quarterback. We'll discuss that when PFT Live continues right after this.
Zach has got all the talent in the world, and we have all the confidence in the world in him. It's just like I said from this reset, and we're, we're gonna we're gonna grind with him. We are, and uh, and through hell or high water, we're gonna figure out how to how to get him to where we know he can be. Robert Sala invoking the title of one of my all-time favorite movies, Hell or High Water. I just watched that recently. Sorry for the digression. Have you ever watched that movie, Hell or High Water? Wait, who who is who is Hell or High Water? Like, I feel like I have just refresh my memory. I can't remember who's in that movie. What what is that? Jeff Bridges, right. Chris Pine, the two yes. lead actors. Yes. It's a story of a couple of two-bit hoodlums who embark on a spree of bank robberies for a very specific reason in Texas. No, you know what? I don't think I've ever seen that movie. It's like one of those that I feel like I've been told to watch it a few times and haven't done it, but you liked it? Like, it's a good one? I should definitely do it? It is one of my all-time favorite movies. I don't know. Apparently, you weren't paying attention. I was not. I was sending it. I was doing a Mike Florio and texting right there. One one of my (laughs) all-time favorite movies. One of my all-time favorite movies. So, yes, I would recommend it. Since it's one of my all-time favorite movies, that implies that I would. Sorry. 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 I was writing some notes down for the segment, and I just, sorry. My bad, man. It's it's a really well-done, very good, a very simple premise but a very well-done movie and some great acting, and uh, you would enjoy it. And yeah. it's not very long. It's like an hour and 40 minutes. Very good movie. Jeff Bridges is great in it. Chris Pine's in it. I wish I remember the name of the guy who plays his brother. Did you ever see 310 to Yuma, the yeah. remake with right. Russell Crowe? Of course. Love it. The 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 the, the little blonde-haired oh, guy. Oh, yeah, the crazy guy who, in the white jacket who is yeah. always, yeah, mouthing off to everybody. Right, yeah. Yes. Right. He play, and isn't it a shame to be known by yeah. so many people, but they don't know your name? I, I I don't know if it's Ben Foster. Ben Foster may be the guy who plays Jeff Bridges' partner, but there he is, same with the glasses, so. the right. short guy. Right. He plays he plays the crazy brother of Chris Pine. He is awesome. I that. no no. Uh, you know what? So I you, have you, seen you this movie. Really like I have seen this movie. So uh, yes, it's coming to me. How now. do you forget it then? Well, I don't how know. Do you forget well, it? well, when you know you 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 know you smoke weed and do all that, sometimes you forget crap. Okay, I had to I had to get a visual visual visualization again of the movie, and now I'm seeing the people and how they're dressed. I was thinking of like a an old western at first, so I think that's where I was thrown off when you were explaining it to me. Uh, and, and now I, I got it. It is a good movie. I really do enjoy it. <laughs> I, I don't want to give away any spoilers. This right. has nothing to do with the plot. It's just one of my favorite moments in the movie. The brothers stop at a gas station. Yeah. Chris Pine goes in and he asks his brother, do you want anything? And he says, get me a Dr. Pepper. Something happens while he's in there and other events transpire. But when he comes back to the car, he gives him a Mr. Pibb. Yeah. And the brother says, I asked for Dr. Pepper. Only assholes drink Mr. Pibb. And his brother says to him, well, then drink up. Which is just a <laughs> great, great. <laughs> a great, great line. Uh, all right. Uh, so anyway, thanks, Coach Sala, for giving us a couple of moments to have uh, some fun there with Hell or High Water. Yep. Hopefully he's seen Hell or High Water. And if he hasn't, he needs to. Okay. Um, so I don't get this, Chris. I want you to help me understand. <laughs> I don't Because I don't doubt anything Jay Glazer ever reports. Uh-huh. And it can't be... I mean, there's a point where you're just trying to build trade leverage. Right. And then there's a point where you're putting your own credibility at stake in an effort to build trade leverage. I can't imagine that they are so desperate to get trade value for Zach Wilson that Robert Sala would be so adamant about Zach Wilson. Right. Yes. You know, 
Listen, the situation, I, I did not agree. You know that with how they handled it. I don't. I got a ro- lot of respect for that Jets organization. I've loved just about everything Robert Sala and Joe Douglas have done. This was not my favorite move. Yeah, they were 5-2. and two. I know it wasn't good. 5-2, and two, played like crap. Nobody blocked anybody. They couldn't run, and they lost the game on a punt return, and they made it all about one guy, and that became the biggest story with the team, and it distracted them, and I think it's a big reason why you can look at it and why they went into a losing streak to a degree. It just became too much there. So I did not love that. You know, and, and again, I know it wasn't perfect. I get that. But you, you take your lumps for the, 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 the bigger picture of the organization. And, uh, you know, I, it, I, I feel like it like came to the end of the road where, gosh, I don't know if I was Zach Wilson if I would want to be here in the New York area anymore with how the fan base has turned on him and treated him. And, and let alone, you know, he has a right to be disgruntled with the team to a degree as well. But at the same time, it's just like, I hope the team's not giving up on them. I mean, two years in the NFL, we know. I mean, we've been spoiled by some guys who can come in the league and tear it up. But if we gave up after quarter, uh, uh, on quarterbacks after a year and a half or two years of play, damn, we would have never. Troy Aikman, Terry Bradshaw, you know, Phil Sims, Man, John Elway struggled this first year and a half. I mean, you can keep, continue on and on for guys that weren't that great. Right, Or we've seen quarterbacks that ended up great who played an ugly style of football early on in their career until they got going. Ben Roethlisberger, come on. All they did was run the ball and manage him his first year. They were 14-1 and and lost in the AFC Championship game. The second year they go to the Super Bowl, they opened it up just a little bit more but still played the same way. We saw Russell Wilson go to the Super Bowl you know, his second year and have that same kind of thing. I just feel like people were too harsh. I hope the Jets want to stay with them. I do. But I, I, the more the question is, does, does Zach Wilson want to stay with them, I think is more the, the, the real question of the matter here, Mike. And, and, and look, I, I hope that this isn't motivated by fear that he'll go somewhere else, play well, and make them look bad. And some of that is percolating through Robert Sala's comments because he's defended Zach Wilson by saying, Others have left the Jets and done well. Well, maybe it's a Jets thing then. And maybe they're not going to ever do well with the Jets. Maybe they need to escape in order to have a chance to do well somewhere else. I hope they don't squat on Zach Wilson for fear that he thrives somewhere else and makes them look Definitely bad. Definitely a conversation up here, Mike, to your point, though. It's definitely well, a conversation. Now, now because yeah. here's the concern that I would have. And this may be this may be Robert Sala just being a good soldier, that he's just doing what they're telling him to do from the very top of the organization. It could be that Woody Johnson is the one saying, we're not going to let this guy go somewhere else and be the next Geno Smith. We already look bad for Geno Smith becoming one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL after we had him and we gave up on him. We're not we're not going to let the, if this guy's ever going to turn it around, it's going to be with us or he's never going to turn it around. Here's where this becomes a problem. And I think we talked about this when this was all percolating and happening and boiling, not just percolating. It was boiling. Um, If you mishandle the separation from Zach Wilson, if you squat on him and keep him under your thumb when maybe he doesn't want to be there, and you're right, we haven't heard from him. Maybe he doesn't want to be there. And if they keep him around when he doesn't want to be there, it makes it even worse. These young quarterbacks coming out who will be highly coveted in the draft – 23 24 25 on and on they got money in the bank now and they're going to have more and more money in the bank from the nil deals 
And it's going to start sooner than people realize where guys are going to pull the John Elway, Eli Manning. I'm not playing for your team. And you know what? All the factors that you've discussed about being a Jets quarterback, the way the fan base is, the way the media is, the way the organization is. If I'm a top pick and the Jets have a top pick and they're thinking about taking me, you think I want to play there, especially if they don't do right by Zach Wilson? When we just kind of are at a point now where maybe it just is best for everyone to separate, but they refuse to do it because they don't want him to thrive with someone else. If that's the end result of this, Chris, it's going to hurt that franchise in the future when it's time to draft their next supposed savior at quarterback. It's an interesting angle, Mike. It is. It's one that, you know, I didn't really think about. There is a little bit going to be more power in the quarterback's hands coming out of the draft because you're right. They got money in their pocket. And uh, they they can play the waiting game maybe a little bit more than than years past, right? That is interesting, certainly. Uh, and and you know to your point too, Mike. I think with the Jets, like like uh, I hope they if 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 he said I hope they believe in him after what he said yesterday, right? That that that's what I want to say. I hope they're not doing this for the wrong reasons. Right, I, I hope that there is the real belief that, wait, we still see talent in this guy and we think there can be something there to be had. Because, yeah, to sell it like that and then just to squat on it for all the wrong reasons that you kind of explained is wrong. It's going to you know put a bad light on them and it, it's going to lead to a weird offseason if that's the case there. So uh, we'll, we'll see where this goes. But I do think this is one of the more intriguing off-season storylines, something to watch out for as soon as the league year ends or even here through the playoffs as far as rumors or things you hear uh, because I, I could see this thing going going either way as it stands right now. If I'm Zach Wilson, I want to move on. I, I, at I hear you. At some point, somebody's got to get the word out on his behalf. It's time for a fresh start. It just is. And regardless of what Robert Sala is saying, and I do think there's a chance he's just saying what he's told to say, at some point we need to hear from Zach Wilson. Do you still want to, just like the Devontae Adams question. Yeah, right. Zach, do you still want to play for this team? Mm -hmm. And uh, his answer will go a long way toward telling us whether he really wants to because either he's going to say no and we'll have our answer or he's going to say yes and it may or may not be convincing. So hopefully at some point he'll be asked that question. Let's take a break. We'll have more PFT Live right after this. Three teams have a shot at the number seven seed in the NFC, Seahawks, Lions, and Packers. Very simple. Packers win on Sunday night. They get the spot. The Lions get it if the Seahawks lose to the Rams earlier in the day and the Lions beat the Packers. The Seahawks get it if they beat the Rams and the Lions upset the Packers. As I mentioned earlier, some Seahawks fans are upset by the fact that the Lions will know that they're done if the Seahawks win, and that game obviously will begin after the Seahawks have defeated the Rams. But, Chris, we are talking about this during the break, and I believe it strongly. The Lions, the Lions get the last game of the regular season. That's a big deal. Prime time, the last week of the regular season, this game was picked. This is a big deal. This is a big spot. And we've seen teams that are done right. go out and beat playoff teams, win and in teams. They, they get to derail Aaron Rodgers in his own building. They get to send him home. This is the ultimate bright line spoiler game. You beat the Packers. They're not going to the playoffs. 
let's go beat the Packers. Exactly right. I mean, that that's the way I feel. I understand, you know, the thought of the Seattle Seahawks fans. I get it. I do. But, gosh, how many times have we seen, like you're talking about, week's last game of the year, team that's got everything to play for, team that's got nothing to play for, wins the football game. I mean, last year, of course, the Jaguars and the Colts, great example, 2019, right? Tom Brady and the Patriots are the number two seed. They lose to the Miami Dolphins. The, pa- the Chiefs get to be the two seed, right? The Dolphins weren't going anywhere. And if I remember correctly, right, wasn't, you know, the year uh, where Pittsburgh almost could have got in in 2018, Andy Dalton beat the Ravens, right? I think I got that right. They won a meaningless game. So my point is whatever. I'm bumbling my point there. But Andy, hang on, hang on, hang on. It was 2017. Andy Dalton beat the Ravens. And it delivered the Bills. And that's when this whole dynamic started of fans of the Bills flooding people's charities with cash. Andy Dalton's foundation was overrun with donations from Bills fans who were very grateful that that the Bills had gotten themselves a playoff. Right, and they had nothing to, to play Dalton for. Winning a right. meaningless game yes. against the Baltimore Ravens. So I, I agree with you. And here's the other thing, too. Let's say these games were played at the same time, okay? Yeah. Uh, Seahawks, Rams kick off 425 p.m. Eastern, as does Lions-Packers. Do you really think that they wouldn't be announcing over the public address system at Lambeau Field that the Seahawks are up 34 to 10 with five minutes left in the first half? Not not that that's going to happen, but the way that game could unfold, the Lions could realize during the game that they're not going to make it. Wouldn't, wouldn't you rather they go into the game knowing exactly where they stand and they're not thinking at all about whether all this effort's going to be wasted because, oh, we just heard the score of the Seahawks Rams game. Coaches told us they weren't going to inform us of the score because they wanted us to focus while the PA announcer at yeah. Lambeau Field is shouting it right. from the top of his lungs right. as to what the score is. So we know we got no chance to get to the playoffs. So yeah. they will know exactly where they are going into the game. They're either playing for a playoff berth or they're playing to keep Aaron Rodgers out of the playoffs. But I have no doubt that Dan Cam- of all coaches in the NFL, Dan Campbell is going to be the last one who's going to shrug <clears throat> at a meaningless assignment to try to go into Lambeau Field and keep Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers out of the playoffs. That's this is right. the kind of game that becomes yeah. the springboard for next year. You're exactly right. That That's what I was going to say. And you get to knock out the Green Bay Packers. And you get to go above 500 and have that on your resume. And look, we didn't make the playoffs, but we were 9-8. and eight. All right? So things are going positive, and that is a springboard to the next year. And, Mike, to your point, I do think – it would be less of a letdown to know beforehand than to know in the second or third quarter to look up and go, oh, man, the Seahawks are up by 14 or 20. That will take the air out of your competitive balloon there, where if it happens before the game, yeah, you're going to go, uh, but you're going to be able to rev yourself back up. Okay, you will. You're going to have that, that, that moment and that time to, to kind of know, all right? And the, all, the other thing I throw into this, Mike, that I, I know I said to you during the break is there is something to, oh, wait, now there's no pressure on us here, too, in this kind of game, where, you know, now Dan Campbell and, 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 and Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator, maybe they, hey, if the game was, you know, hey, we, we got a win to get in and blah, blah, blah. Oh, I don't know if I want to call this play in this situation. There's some bad things that can happen. It's a little too risky. I won't do it to where now they can go, well, screw it. 
Let's let's go for it here. Let's let's ruin Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Yeah, some bad things are going to happen. Maybe I, I get it, but let's take the chance. I, I do think there's there's that too to where you just take the pressure off to you let it fly a little bit if you're the Detroit Lions. I'm smiling here too because of the parallels. I said before the season, the Packers will be better off as a low seed than a high seed because when they're the high seed, they're playing at home in the playoffs, the pressure's on them, they play it too safe, they play it too careful. That may be how they are Sunday night, right? In order to get that seventh seed and to be the last team in with nothing to lose and a renegade, cut-it-loose mentality, they've got to hold serve at home against the Lions, and they may have to hold serve at home against the Lions who aren't playing for anything. And so that feeling of being the one seed and having the Bucks come to town, the 49ers come to town, and they're the ones who have nothing to lose. Well, the Lions have nothing to lose. The Packers have everything to lose. That, that, that could be problematic for the Packers based upon how we've seen them play in the playoffs in recent years. So either way, fascinating game to end the regular season on Sunday night. If, as we expect, Bills Bengals won't be made up at some point after the fact, Lions Packers will be the last game. We'll be back for the last segment of PFT Live right after this. Harrison Phillips, former Bills player who signed with the Vikings in the offseason, picking up the tab for dinner at the UC Medical Center for his former teammate DeMar Hamlin's family, Bills staff, doctors, and nurses at the ICU unit. Great gesture by Harrison Phillips. And the Buffalo Bills will practice today. There will be media availability for players and for Coach Sean McDermott. It will be a very difficult and trying day for them as they relive some of the events of Monday night. But it also may be at some level therapeutic yeah, for them to right. talk through some of the things that yeah. happened. And the mere fact that they're practicing today, they had a walkthrough yesterday. Normally, Wednesday is the big work day of the week from a practice standpoint. Now, look, they played Monday night. It probably would have been a scaled down day anyway. Yes, right. But today is kind of like the preparation, the real preparation. And it tells me that they are ready to go, that hopefully everyone – with responsibility for ensuring that Bill's players are good to go has come to the conclusion that they're, they're ready to proceed. And I'm, I'm sure getting some good news about DeMar Hamlin has helped them adopt the right mindset to proceed. Chris. I would think so. Uh, I would think that it helped them a little bit and the communication they got from the family yesterday and all that I'm sure has helped them to take the next step. And then this is the next step after that. At some point, you know you're going to have to talk to the media and deal with this situation and relive some of those memories as bad as they are. You, you know, you might as well, like you talked about, begin that healing process and get it going. But I do think this is good signs as humans up in Buffalo, and it's a good sign for football this weekend that things are going, you know, back to normal at least in some way. All right, that's it for us. Chris, no football tonight. Go watch Hell or High Water and hopefully remember (laughs) watched it this time. See you tomorrow. (laughs) See you. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.